What's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. PD Steel, one host. And other host, not to be confused with second host, Elena Torres. Thank you guys so much for listening. And today we have an amazing, very special guest. Live welcome. from the Arlington, Arlington Cinema House. Draft House. Again. Natasha Legero. Hi, great to be here. Thanks so much. It's an honor. Yeah. We're both oh. giant fans. Anybody we've told in the local community that we're interviewing you tonight has all been like caps locking your name and spelling it right with Are all they those come vowels to show? and shit. Um, <laughs> by the looks of all the cars that have filled the lot, I doubt it because none of our friends have money enough for gas or anything. <laughs> um, but you know they'll definitely hear this podcast and they're you know. I thought all my fans were upwardly mobile. Yeah, see you got that mink. That's cool. It's not a mink. No. Oh, see that's that's how little I know. This is uh, this is from Zara. Okay. It's it's, uh, it's it's just fake. Okay. I have like three of the Zara fake ones. I've yes. got a pink one, a blue one. They're pretty <laughs> fabulous. I'm a big fan. Well, you wear it wealthy. Yes, you oh, do. Oh, I like you. it. Mm-hmm. So I want to get right into this question because this is just selfish and personal with me. Sorry. God. But um, I used to hate it when I would hear like interview questions like how do you balance having a kid and your work <laughs> but now i've been married for a year and a half and now all i want to hear is how do you balance having a kid and doing comedy do you just have a husband i just have a husband that would be funny if you're like how do you balance having a husband and also a career <laughs> <laughs> that i figured out <laughs> but you know because obviously we talk about having kids a lot and i'm so sort of i have a lot of feelings about are kids you also and a comedy. comedian i am okay and so how do you how do you work comedy and kid life all in one. How's that been? I mean, I'm very new at it, so I might not be the best person to ask. But um, I think it's uh, pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, like, I traveled with her last week by myself, and that was really hard because I bought her a seat, so that would be easier, so she wouldn't have to be on my lap. But then I didn't realize I would have to carry all of my luggage and her luggage and the car seat. Right. So I had to keep asking people to like help me right. carry this stuff through the aisles on the plane, which was kind of annoying. Um, But then my mom met me there and, like, was the nanny, I guess. Right, right. But I don't really want to travel with a stranger. So my new new idea is to just uh, only travel and do shows with my husband, and then we can split the... Makes there you sense. go. It's always crazy how baby luggage is even bigger than like the parent luggage. I see them well, with all these big diaper bags and stroller tanks and shit. You know? Stroller tanks. Yeah, they're like you know metal alloys I and know, shit. It's I crazy. Know. I don't know how and they get through customs. You have to bring customs. food and you have yeah. to bring, uh, you know, clothes and a whole thing of diapers and you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to balance it. I'm wavering between wanting to only tour with my husband and quitting. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Super reassured now. <laughs> no, but I mean, you should do whatever you want. Right, right. I mean, I just asked because I feel like, I don't know, I heard Ali Wong say in an interview once that comedy sometimes is, goes towards a very male schedule. And really, I just think with babies, it's the late nights versus the early mornings that you that have to balance That was hard. Like, last week when I took her with me, you know, I'd have two shows at night and then still have to wake up the next morning at 6.30. Right. You know, Jeez. and that's not really what I'm used to on the road. Right. You know, as a woman, it's like, I mean, I don't even consider it a male schedule. I just, can, you know, the comedy schedule right. is right. like not really conducive to to having a baby. 
Right. This is what I think about all the time. So do you think you're just going to, like, you're, you're going to schedule it around, like, traveling with your husband? Or do you think you're just going to stay more, like, do more touring locally, like, around the L.A. area or something that will make it easier, do you think? I mean, I don't know. I think you just have to figure out a way to do different things and, mm-hmm. you know, not... I always thought it was funny, like, when people had babies, men had, male, male comics had babies, and they would just, like, always be gone. And right. I'm like, oh, they're just getting away from their families. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, women don't really do that. No. Because <laughs> there's no one there they trust enough right. to, like, take care of the baby, usually. Right. I mean, sure. the husband's good, but, you know, the, especially when the baby's really little, like, the mom just kind of is in control of things a little more. Right. That's what I've noticed. A lot of my, a lot of my best friends just had kids. I don't go and visit them and as like you see the husband like trying to be supportive like kind of around like how can I help yeah. how can I help and it's just sort of like you, and those bro, are the good ones yeah those are the really nice ones that it's just kind of like bro there's not that much for you to do well, here thing, when they're little like that yeah the thing I didn't quite understand is that even if you find a good partner as a woman you're right. gonna be doing like 70% of the work regardless right so oh it's a relief <laughs> <laughs> And do you think it's helped your joke writing? Do you think now that you definitely have so it's helped that because right. uh, I mean I don't know if my jokes are funnier than they've ever been, but I definitely am inspired constantly. Right. You know, there's so much to write jokes about. Right. You know, like just hanging out with other moms. Like these moms t- are talking about lasagna, like eating What's their that? placenta into lasagna into lasagna. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like there's just so many insane things. Lasagna? Wait, how do you? How That's does the that coolest like, portmanteau I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Did you eat your placenta? No. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, yeah. I had it put into capsules, and then I didn't do it. Sautéed? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they have it. Do they do it with the capsules, and then they like stick it in regular lasagna, and it's supposed to make it easier for you, or I don't is know that what like the fuck they're doing? The tomato sauce. Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure it's like the same way you cook with weed. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It was baby ragu. <laughs> Fucking SpaghettiOs. So I'm sure that was different. So did you join, like, like mom groups? And was that, like, a whole different crew Not of people really. to hang out with? And No. No. I just have a few friends who have babies. Right. I mean, I joined a Facebook group, but I'm not really an internet person. Like, I'm not trying to hang out online with people. Yeah, I've heard a lot of these, like, apps where it's, like, mom-finding-each-other friend, like, mom-friending apps, sort of like Tinder, but for moms. Oh, interesting. I've heard of these kind of things, like, internet friendships for new moms. I mean, I'd rather talk to my friends. Right. You know, because you never know. Like, it's like reading a Yelp review. It's like, who wrote this? And then you look at their other reviews, and you're like, oh, you're an insane person. Right. You know, so it's like, you can't quite... The internet is, like, a hard place for meeting strangers. Kind of got to average all the reviews. Yeah. Right. Mm. And and either way, like, usually if you're doing a lot of reviews online, you're probably crazy anyway, even if they don't seem that crazy. Like, who has the time to go around reviewing stuff constantly online? You it, You'd I mean? be surprised. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, well, I was really bored today because... Oh, so you... <laughs> all I did was okay. go to P.F. Chang's and then okay. sit in my hotel room, so I started going on Yelp and reading people's reviews of things. <laughs> well, I started look at reading reviews of preschools, if you must know. Okay. And then I kind of... And the, some of the people who were giving bad reviews, I would go look at their other reviews. And this guy, like, had a bad review of Starbucks. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, how do you give Starbucks a bad review? You're kind of giving away your power if you fucking diss a monopoly, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, you can do it. I, I'm just not the kind of person who's like, here's what I, here's my two cents. Like, I, 
I get right. to say what I want on stage every night, so I right. don't need right. to like fulfill that. But I guess some people, it, it's a... You have your platform already. Right, that's yeah. their platform. Right, that's why I find cocktail parties so fucking nauseating. Oh, yeah. You go to a lot of cocktail... You don't look like you go to a no. lot of cocktail parties. Well, you'd be surprised. I actually do know a few big words, um, but... <laughs> Wait, he does. oh, because you guys live in D.C. Is like there? Uh, is that like a thing here? Like Yeah. Like uh, fundraisers, is that... Galas, I yeah, do go big, to some of those. Yeah, it's big on like the black tie gala I got thing. black tie shit at home. I own a tux. And you feel like you need to use big vocabulary words with these things? Uh, you know, not like in LA at all. I no. no, I like to just use once in a while, interspersed every five words with like motherfucker, just to let people know that like I'm, you know, of the hoi polloi, but I can still kind of hang. I feel like they would get that from your accent. Yeah, <laughs> I get asked a lot where. It's I just from. wanted to know I'm still part of the hoi polloi. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, well, thank Good you. Good juxtaposition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey. there's a big ding, ding, word ding. for you. Okay, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, tell us a little bit about, I don't know how much people know about your sort of journey in comedy. Uh, how old were you when you started, and how long have you been doing comedy now? Um, I started, I think, when I was 26, and I guess I've been doing it for like 17 years or something, or 15, a long time. And did you start in L.A.? Yes. Or maybe I started when I was 27. I don't remember exactly. But I remember, I think when I turned 30, I finally got to, like, quit my waitressing job. Right. You know? And how was it starting comedy in L.A.? Because, like, the times... I lived in L.A. for a long time before doing comedy. And the times that I've gone back and I look for, you know, mics or whatever, it's so there's so much competition. And I can't imagine starting comedy there. Like I started at a really cool time when... I don't know why all the all of my peers who started were doing comedy, but right. it certainly wasn't to get a TV show because the only right. comedian who had, and I remember managers telling us that that like comics don't just don't get TV shows anymore. You know, the last right. person who got a TV show was Brett Butler, and that was okay. in the 80s. <laughs> and that's what they would tell us when we started. But it was like me, Morgan Murphy, Jen Kirkman, uh, B.J. Novak. I'm trying to think of who all started at the same time, but like, my class was definitely. I mean, Tig and Sarah Silverman were a little above me. Mm -hmm. um, who else was there? It was like 2001? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so we would all just kind of go up. But, like, we were all just, I don't know. I think now a lot of people are like, I think I can make money in stand-up. Yeah. Right, right. And I don't think that was exactly what we were thinking then. Right. I think there's definitely a more of a comedy boom now than there has been in a long time. Like, yeah. I think with the Netflix... Yeah. specials and everything there's more people being like I could do that yeah when I started Netflix when I started stand up Netflix was like you had to get it in the DVDs and right, come right. to your house right <laughs> <laughs> I remember that and there were no stand up specials right um, but yeah I think that it was I just got very lucky I also got lucky in the sense that I didn't know any stand ups when I started mm -hmm. I just know that I tried it and I liked it so I kept doing it right. as opposed to like I, I feel like if I would have seen people, I would have um, gotten freaked out and scared and quit. Right. Yeah. Right. I totally get that. Yeah. Because it's scary. And also, I'd be like, well, I'm not as funny as that person, or maybe I should act like that person, or maybe, you know, oh, my, my, my I, like, I just didn't get in my head about it. Right. right. And I, I was very lucky in that way. Right. I would never have started if it wasn't for someone daring me to do it. Yeah, really. And then it just happened to work, and then I did it a bunch more times until it failed one night and then I didn't do it again for a year and a half. Really? You got scared? Well, 
in a way, but I had other life shit going yeah, on. Yeah, I'd gotten yeah. a job, all this. So then I missed it, though. I, that's what's so funny is, like, you can do, like, nine sets, do well on eight of them, fuck up the ninth, quit, but then still have the bug, like, a year later where you want to go back and get more. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. I felt like that anyway. But, yeah, that's that's fantastic. So there was no scene in Rockford? No. No. <laughs> I, I would have thought different. I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin, and people out there definitely talked about Rockford as though it was like a, you know, third city beside, uh, or fourth, I should say, Chicago. Really? Yeah, Chicago, no, Milwaukee, they just talked about it Madison, and Rockford. Well, some of them, yes, but people knew of it. You know, they would say, like, Rockford, yeah, Rockford. Like, you should have listened to the second part of the sentence. It's probably, like, Rockford sucks. Rockford's <laughs> awful. Rockford. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess. nothing to do. Going I, for it. I may have heard of it in, like, what is that movie? League of Their Own. I was going to say, that's, yeah. that's what, what's made them famous, I feel like. Rockford Peaches. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, so, you grew up there, and you said nuts to this, and just went to L.A. and became a waitress, and... So you didn't have to no, I went no to New more. York for oh, five years okay. and went to acting school. Oh. And I didn't even know about stand-up then. And then wow. I went to L.A. and I just happened to see one night at the comedy store that someone took me or invited me, this girl I knew from L.A., and she was doing stand-up. And I was like, oh, you're just like standing on stage saying your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I had a <laughs> bunch of thoughts I needed to say. And so, you know, especially I, I had a lot of culture shock coming to L.A. from New York because yeah. I felt like, Everyone in L.A. seemed really dumb and didn't really know what things were. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They yeah. just didn't feel very cultured. Yeah. So, you know, I just started talking about stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, I liked it. I'm glad I did. Okay. I was going to ask you about that because you have a very theater school voice. I went to theater school. And there's sort of, I feel like when you do a lot of acting stuff, you just, like, naturally project Right, more. it was really hard as an actor, but as a comedian, you can talk whoever you want. Right, exactly. <laughs> I would audition exactly. for commercials, and I'd be like, Bud Light, it has drinkability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would just be like, okay, next. Yeah. So comedy really suits, you know, your extreme personality, however you want that to exactly. be. Exactly. And do you, did you find when you started, or even now, that you're playing a character on stage, or do you think you're being 100% a version of yourself when you're on stage? Well, you know, I think as a as a performer, you always want to be like a first-rate version of yourself, or right. like I've also heard it described as your evil twin. You okay, know, you're just I like sort that. Of, you're, an amp- you're a little amplified. Right, right. So I, I would say it is a, an amplification. Right. Um, yeah, and also I do jokes about like, how annoying it is to be a mom, but I mean, I, I love my baby and he's mm-hmm. very right. cute. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like that's a very typical common thing, a comic thing that we lie on stage. Like I complain about my husband on stage all the time. Yeah, and I'm super in love with him, and we have a great time together. Like I know, I told my husband that the other day. I was like, "Do you care that I'm telling everyone that you're taking karate classes instead of washing the baby? Because like <laughs> yeah. when the baby's bedtime at six thirty, and like now all of a sudden he's like." got shit to do at this time he's like enrolled in these like classes i'm like are you taking community college like what's right. going on <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 6 30 to 8 this used to be the time you would just play video games and jack off like why can you <laughs> not be home now right. when it's the baby's bedtime but you know i'm kind of like exaggerating a little bit he's taking kickboxing not karate but i just thought it karate, funnier, karate is way funnier <laughs> but he was like i don't care what you say i was like okay good 
like, I don't care what you say as long as I can keep doing kickboxing, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ooh, or maybe karate would be good too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I should add on. <laughs> what time does the baby wake up? Early morning karate? <laughs> yeah. I want to take just a brief uh, parse in the action to mention that the Arlington Cinema Draft House has some great shows coming up on the 23rd and 24th. Alonzo Bowden's going to be here live from NBC Last Comic Standing. 7.30 and 10 on the 23rd, and then 7 and 9.30 on the 24th. Um, over at the DC Draft House, Nicole Byer is going to be there 7 and 9 both nights. Um, so, Natasha, how has comedy changed? Uh, how do you feel in, since you've begun? or Has it changed that much, or is it still the same old thing, just a couple new names? And Well, I think you kind of said it. That it, there's a boom, right? There, you know, I think the boom has like gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, right. and you know, probably in five years the bubble will burst like it did in the '80s, and right. uh, then we'll have to reassess. But. The subprime comedy scandal, <laughs> right? It's but I crazy. think, um, I think, and yes, it's definitely, you know, our culture has gotten a little has changed, and I think that yeah. we're growing as a culture. So some things that were okay to say. That's why I always get mad when people get in trouble for things that they said 20 years ago. I mean, right. some yeah. things are like reprehensible, but sure. sometimes like taking out of context like yeah. you used to just say edgy things and that was kind of considered a joke I used to do it yeah. you know right um, but now it's like you know it's accepted that we don't say you know like sure making fun of a child child rape or whatever mm-hmm. or, you know and it's or not a child rape what, what were they saying <laughs> like molesting right. yeah, pedophilia. Yeah. yeah pedophilia for example yeah. like I, I just think like Things like that people would just say to, like, get a rise out of people. Right. right. And now it's, like, when they dig up all these old tweets and they're like, you're a pedophilia. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're a pedophile. Um, I just don't think that's quite accurate. Yeah, no, I agree with you, actually. So you just have to kind of keep up with what's happening. But I don't think anyone intelligent would I tweet agree. about that now. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. I mean, as a person that has a lot of kind of dark and blue material myself. Um, He's been kicked off Twitter a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I've only got 100 followers now, thanks to Zucker whatever tweet. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I'm like, yeah, okay, I was definitely raised as a product of white toxic masculinity, but... Uh, how are you going to tell me I'm 37 years old? Of course I'm going to be guilty 20 years ago with some of my utterances, you know? Oh, you people went back and found your old No, 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 not, not even that. But I'm just oh. saying, like, in general, like, how can you look at somebody and, you know, make these big abstractions? Like, oh, yeah, like, you hear people say, like, all white men should be considered, like, reprehensible and stuff like that. And I get it from a historical perspective, but then it's like, you're gonna go back twenty years and like, oh yeah, you're gonna you're surprised now that somebody said something that you know isn't in concordance or accordance with the current culture, or the times. Like no one's got a fucking time machine. That's all. Does that make sense? I hear you. Yeah. Maybe I'm just blabbering. But I think you just have to. Yeah, you just have to kind of be a part of the culture, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think, and you never want to be part of what's making uh, people feel like they're not being heard right you know so you so as the culture changes you want to be a part of positive change hopefully yeah and do you think you've had to adapt a lot since you started doing comedy in that sense like you're saying you used to just say things to be edgy and that was considered funny and now 
that's not necessarily the case. Do you think that you're no? I was more style? talking about other people, like okay. who, like when they dig up old tweets. I just okay. remember that one specifically of the pedophilia, and I was like, because right. I remember yeah. that time where you would just say things. Okay, I got to you. be shocking. Sure, right, you know, right. and so it's like, and I, you know, we just things just like, you know, if you look at jokes from the Catskills, like we don't really make jokes like that anymore. Yeah, everything right. evolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some ways of being a provocateur are no longer acceptable, and that's that. <laughs> but uh, hey, we hope you have a great show that's about to start tonight, and uh, thank you so much for being here. It's great. What do you got coming up next? Um, I have some tour dates if you look on my Twitter, okay. NatashaLegero.com. Mm-hmm. I think I have them on my Instagram as well. Fantastic. And what's your Instagram? So my same thing, my name, Natasha Legero. Great. And you can follow us at CounterCurrents on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. In fact, put your registration in to get a chance to win free tickets to next week's shows, the ones we talked about, the Cole Buyer. Alonzo Bowden, want to thank Natasha again. Yes, uh, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you and have a great show. Okay, bye.